Oh, hello, boys and girls. I'm Soliloquy Sam, the Tall Tales Man. Won't you come join me by my roaring back alley trash barrel fire? That haunted mannequin smeared with Crisco over there is my compadre, Wet Bradley. So named for his inability to dehumidify himself. Hello. Wet Bradley, you know how on Thanksgiving Day, we usually go hang out in the parking lot of the Marietta Diner behind the dumpster? Yep. Waiting for the arrival of some maladjusted family, the neurotic high-strung matriarch of which makes them all go to the diner for turkey day? Yep. Then we come jumping out from behind the dumpster, screaming like a bat out of hell, so the family throws their mashed potatoes in the air, and I catch them in a mashed potato sack. It's the most sputterful time of the year. Well, this year I'm thinking we should try something different. But, but my tater sack. This year... This year, I think we should fry a turkey. Uh, Sam, you don't exactly have the best track record with fire. Oh, nonsense, WB. In fact, quite the contrary. I am so very well acquainted with fire that we is practically kin. Are you even doing the maths again, Sam? Because that's the only possible explanation as to why you think it's a good idea to get near a kettle boiling oil and then throw a frozen hunk of fowl in it. No way, Bradley, I'm not on the meths. I told you I gave up the mind-altering lifestyle after me and that shapeshifter from the Twilight movie woke up in white sands, covered in agave and paper clips. <laughs> okay, Sam, just checking. Hugs, not drugs. Yeah, okay, is it all right with you if I get back to my turkeyrific idea now, you narc? Yep. All right, well, as I was saying, I was thinking this year we'd fry up a turkey out here in our little hobo oasis. <laughs> not only will we end up with a tasty avian treat, but the boiling oil will keep us warm on this raw November's Eve. <laughs> and I just happen to have some do-re-mi for a nice bird. You know, from doing that day laboring job, cleaning up a chemical spill at the railroad switching station. No, Sam, stay away from the oil. No, I don't want you to die. All right, all right, well, really calm your clam yourself. I'm not gonna set myself on fire. Whew, I am mollified. Because you are doing the cooking, my wet indie humble bundle. Damn. What? That's right, dances with drools. You's cooking us a Thanksgiving dinner. But Sam. No butts, thighs, or cankles about it. It's all set up right over here behind this pile of used crib mattresses. I do not feel good about this. Here's the lighter. I don't want to do this. I. Oh, quit being such a namby-pamby. Come on, wet Bradley. Light my fire. Okay, fine. Here goes nothing. And my nothing mean... I mean your epidermis. Look at that, WB. You did it. The oil's already a boiling. I did it. I did it. Now just drop this frozen turkey in there. Are you sure I should drop it from so high up? Yes. Oh! Sweet bubbling gobble demon. I'm covered in boiling oil. Ooh, boiling oil burns like a righteous bitch. My face. My only face. As you may recall, I did say I did not feel good about this. My face is sizzling! I'm a crispy-skinned, locally-sourced, dumpster-to-table soliloquy Sam Chef special! You know, I feel like maybe Sam is going to need a little extra time to recover his face meats. So in the meantime, maybe I can deduce a uh, tall tale just this once. I need medical attention with Bradley! I can feel the fluids in my eyeballs boiling, my teeth are cracking from the heat! Okay. Once upon a time, there was a whole group of folks what came over to this place here, uh, where we're at now, from some kind of different other place. That first group, what who always lived where what's called here is now, them's engines. 
Also, on top of that, the people who came over from some other place altogether, they was called the Pegrams. Pilgrims? Really? Shh. Pilgrims. Uh, okay, the Pilgrims, they came over from a land way far away in a galaxy long ago. And they came to what here is now, this place, the New World. Uh, this is the life, Feliciano. Roughing it on the open plain, sleeping under the stars, living off the land. Do you feel at home in nature like I do, Tex? Ain't nothing can beat the freedom of living on the range. The solitude, the fiery sunsets, the prickly pear juice. Are, are those sea creatures riding over the hill? Sea creatures? What? Well, a marine biologist, I am not. But if I had to guess, it appears an octopus is riding over the ridge on the back of an otter. And there's something else, some kind of squid-topus. I have never seen the likes of that before. We have alien visitors on our golden prairie, Feliciano. Best keep your wits about you. Meanwhile, at the other end of the horizon... McMurphy, I highly doubt the unholy mackerel would have made it this far inland. Why don't you just admit that we lost him back at the River Fork? I will do no such thing, Cuttlefish. You forget that I can smell with my arms. One of which is missing. No, that's the best one. It's my divining arm. My ghost limb leads me where my brain doesn't. And it has led us to the middle of an open prairie. Can your divining arm lead us back to water? Nope, nope, it cannot. Uh, it kind of works in reverse of an actual divining rod. Weird, right? Well, perhaps we need to settle down for the night and give the otters a rest. I'm out of oysters, so we'll have to scrounge for food. Oh, I can take care of that. I can smell food on the currents for miles. Good. I'll find somewhere for us to bed down. I am discussing the suspicions that are bound. Sam is feeling a little bit better, but that might just be the morphine. Uh, uh, morphine, huh? Did I say morphine? I meant blood loss. <laughs> I am launching back into the story presently. Do you see this, Feliciano? The sea folk are trying to set up camp for the night. They look a mite out of place, if you ask me. Do you think we should go and help them? Now hold on there. We don't know if they're friendly or hostile. Besides, I'm allergic to crawdads. Don't want to chance it just yet. Ah, McMurphy, you're back. What did you manage to rustle up? Well, I found these ground oysters, but I haven't been able to open them up. McMurphy, those are rocks. Oh. Well, no matter, because I also found these sea snails, but they're hiding up in their shells. McMurphy, those are also rocks. <laughs> okay, fine. Uh, that's okay. It's okay, because I'm uh, saving the tastiest one. I found a whole sleeping rockfish, but... Uh... <sighs> oh, and it's also a rock. What the hell? I hate the land! I just want to go to sleep. Did you at least build a shelter? Well, at first I was going to dig a hole and cover the entrance with a rock, like the fish scouts taught us. But I couldn't find any rocks. Well, lucky for you. Or for the rocks. Great. Now, what's plan B? We could hide in the grass? Shh, cuttlefish. Did you hear that? Hello there, fine sea creatures. Did he just call me a creature? Uh, hello, sir. Are you two lost? Lost? No, of course not. No, no, no. We plan to live here now, on the plains, under the stars. You look like you don't have many supplies. Did you bring food? You don't see this rockfish? Hey, we're going to cook it up in a minute. Shh, he's sleeping. Feliciano, I told you not to bother them. Who knows what trouble they could bring? I assure you, sir, we bring no trouble. As a matter of fact, we ended up here pursuing trouble. Well, there ain't no trouble out here. I make sure of that. I'm the law around these parts. What kind of trouble were you after? The unholy mackerel. A fishy character trying to start his own cult. 
of personality. We're with the Mid-Atlantic Ocean Police Department, Western Division. Oh, so you two are lawmen, or uh, lawfishes? Uh... Law cephalopods. Law cephalopods? <laughs> well, we law-bringing types look after our own. Why don't you come camp with us for tonight? I don't know. Cuttlefish, what do you think? Well, I suppose we could gorge ourselves on oysters and rockfish. That oh. sounds like a splendid idea, Mr. Um... Cardinal. Tex Cardinal. Protector of justice, defender of freedom. Pursuer of malfeasance and tamer of the Wild West. This here is my trusty Mexican sidekick, Feliciano. Well, thanks, Tex. I'm McMurphy, and this is Cuttlefish. You wouldn't happen to have any oysters, would you? This is a delicious 239-bean soup, Tex. <laughs> you know, that uh, beats the seaweed I ate before we left. Say, uh, why do you call it 239-bean soup? Because any more beans and it would be... <laughs> 240! <laughs> I do not get it. Well, you see, for us land folk, beans give us gas and... Uh... <laughs> if we had any gas in our bodies, the pressure at the bottom of the Atlantic would implode us. Right. <laughs> well, uh, I guess it's just one of those land things. So, uh, y'all are from the ocean, huh? I ain't never seen the ocean myself. I once saw the ocean when I was a child, on a trip to Baja with me familia. It was the most magical thing I'd ever seen. There was a soothing, endless, rhythmic lapping sound and water as far as the eye could see. Yeah, we're mostly inside the water folk. The beach is as much a mystery to us as it is to you landlocked Westerners. WB, you's forgetting to introduce the conflict. Sam, you're a seeming mass of raw, exposed nerve endings and seared flesh. You just convalesce. I'll do the conflict introducing. There is another sky. It's a hermit. A hermit in the mountains. And he's taken up with the unholy mackerel what come from the ocean place. You're welcome. So you're the unholy mackerel, eh? I've heard tell of your startup religion slash cult on the shady character circuit. You're a real insano nut bonkers fella. Yep. Well, you wanna maybe team up? Yep. So, where should we start? Let's go harass us some lawmen. Sounds reasonable. Let's also not get caught. Sure thing, I hate getting caught. Should we plan something out so we don't get caught? Nah, we'll just go in and harass. You know how to harass, don't ya? Buddy, I've been harassing lawmen since before you hatched. Let's get to it then. This cave has given me the creeps. Hey, this is my home. Oh, sorry, friend. You know, I live in a hollowed out carcass of a dead whale. Oh, that's gross. Yeah, so about leaving. Oh, sure. Let's take the forest path straight to where those lawmen are camping. Hooray for friendship. And harassment. Uh, a hermit and the mackerel started down the path from the mountain, and the lawmen all started up the path from the wide open plains, and then, surprise, the men on the hill and had a climactic battle, and then the lawmen were victorious. But at what cost? Okay, well, that's it. See you next time. This is Bradley Wilford Kaufman signing off for Samuel Langhorn Clemens III. Wishing you a good night and a happy Thanksgiving. No, 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 no. You broke the two cardinal rules, WB. First, you told them instead of showed them, and you revealed our true names. 
So we're still telling the story? Yes, we're still telling the story. You moist mound of misshapen mix-em-ups. Okay. But at least you're better, Sam, is what you're supposed to say on account of I'm better. But at least you are better, Sam. Damn right. So, to the forest trail. Boy, it sure is dry out here. <laughs> I still don't understand why you wouldn't let us take the otters, Mr. Cardinal. Uh, we'd be much more comfortable on otters. They are substantially lower to the ground. Oh, did you guys hear what I just heard? What's that, Feliciano? It sounded like impending harassment. Yeah. Yeah, you know what? I, I, I hear it. Oh, you mean sense it, right? Yeah, yeah, with my divining arm. Well, divine this, you mixed species lemon. Harassment! Harassment! Well, if it's a squabble you're looking for, it's a squabble you've got. Yeah, squabbling. Do you squabble, sir? If you do, sir, I am for you. I serve as good a man as you. No better? What on earth are you talking about? Don't you be in the midst of a squabble? Harassing! Wait, if y'all are calling it harassing, ain't there a word for what we're doing, being on the receiving end of said harassment? Yeah, and also, uh, we've got our own agenda. Counter-harassment? It seems more substantive than that. These guys are duty-bound to bring us to justice. Retributive and or preemptive unharassment? Does anyone else feel like this is going in circles? Now wait just a minute, Feliciano. <coughs> Defining the terms of conflict is often just as important as the conflict itself, from a historical perspective. I know I'd like to get the name in right, so as my report reads correct. No, I think he meant in literal circles. Looky here, Matt. We, we've walked ourselves circular-wise right off the edge of this treacherously steep path. Yeah, don't say. Yup. And if my rudimentary understanding of physics is correct, we're about to fall right off this here cliff-like precipice. Well, ain't that a kick in the pants? What pants? You're not wearing any pants. Neither, <laughs> neither are you, McMurphy. Neither are you, Mr. Cuddly Fishman. Hey, where'd the bad guys go? They sure were quiet about that. Come on, Murph. Let's go scoop up enough unholy mackerel to take back to the chief. As a present? No, as evidence. Evidence. Looks like another satisfying end to our adventures, eh, Feliciano? Sure thing, Tex. The bad guys are both smashed into wet goo at the bottom of this ravine. Our new ocean friends invited us to their neck of the woods, whatever on earth that could mean. And you and I still have plenty of soup left over. And what kind of soup is that, Feliciano? <laughs> 239 bean soup, Tex. Because one more, and it'd be too farty. <laughs> <laughs> and there you have it, folks. Wrongs righted. Justice served. Peace upheld. And soup it. Sounds like a perfect day, right, Sam? Right. All that land traveling probably ain't good for sea craters, but it's like my grandpappy always said, what doesn't kill you, make you makes you stronger. What doesn't kill you makes you stronger. I'm glad to know that your grandpappy's Kelly Clark's to WB. <laughs> yep. She's very talented. That's a good folksy recollection, WB, and, and it's relatable. You remember that mountain of tires I thought would be a fun place to shoot off fireworks from inside of? Yes, yes I do. And look at us now. I just want to dance now. What's stopping you? Hey, nothing, my, my, my bum leg and the other one that's made out of whalebone. Hey, Sam, I would really like to decorate the rickety stack of pallets and boxes we call home this holiday season. 
Do you know where I could get decorations? I don't have a single clue, WB, but maybe somebody could tell us where to go for decorations and whatnot. Hello, listening audience. I'm Scuba Shell, owner and proprietor of Scuba Shell Seaside Subaquatic Swim Supply Store in Solarium, the one-stop shop for all your diving and tan needs. I'm here to tell you about Scuba Shell Seasonal Celebratory Supply Store and Christmas Tree Farm, sponsored and supervised by me, Scuba Shell of Scuba Shell Seaside Subaquatic Swim Supply Store. We carry specialty items for Christmas, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, and all your other seasonal celebratory supply needs. From advent calendars to Yule logs, we also have Santas, sleigh bells, snow globes, and all kinds of stocking stuffers. But don't take my word for it, here's Samson the Sasquatch. Scuba Cells Seasonal Celebratory Supply Store has everything you need for super special holiday celebration. Samson the Sasquatch, and don't forget, our Christmas tree farm has any tree variety you desire. The Siberian spruce, the Sicilian fir, the Saharan cypress, the Turkish cedar, or the Chihuahua white pine, more formally known as the Pinus stroboformis. So come on down to Scuba Sal's Seaside Subaquatic Swim Supply Store in Solarium, home of Scuba Sal's Seasonal Celebratory Supply Store and Christmas Tree Farm, for all your holiday supplies. See you soon! Well, Bradley, you ever get jealous of the Charlie Brown Christmas tree? Not because not of how it looks, but because somebody cared about it. Sorry, I was taken aback by how sad that is. Yeah, it's very My sad. God, it's very I... sad. they put an ornament on it. Nobody ever put an ornament on me. Uh, do, do you want one? Uh, if you got something, I, I, I got like a broken beer bottle. <laughs> oh, but Hark! What visitor is this? Hi, guys. Hello, ma'am. Hello. My name is Soliloquy Sam. That's Wet Bradley. We're telling f- stories. That's a very appropriate name for both of you. Thank you. I am. Um, listen, can I talk to you for a second? Yeah, well, we're on a tight schedule. We oh, got. You nothing. can and you may. Yeah. Sure. Have you ever had a dream? Oh, don't. Even when I'm awake, That's it's amazing. a side effect. Yeah. Well, I did. I did until today. Oh, no, what happened to your dream, nice lady? So I walk into an audition room, right? Mm-hmm. And they're staring right at me. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. what do you think happens? A dragon comes out. Close. Two dragons. Close. Okay. Cthulhu. It's sure. A squid face thing, catch on fire, fall on you from the ceiling. That would have actually been less eventful than what happened. Oh, no, what could top that? So I'm staring at Jennifer Lopez, and who is she anyway, by the way? She, um, the, 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 she the, was Elektra in yeah. Daredevil. She was Elektra. Yeah. And, and so they, they tell me to go ahead, sing for them. So I bring to them the best holiday song, Holiday Cheer. Isn't that what everybody really needs? It is. And they told me to get out. Like, get, get out of here. Get, get out get of the out. city. They like, told me I have no talent. I mean, uh, look at me. You brought them holiday cheer and they told you that you have no talent? To hit the road. Wet Bradley sometimes hits the road when he has a brain spell. He just, boom, right I, there on the floor. I right fall down the, and hit the road. He flaps. 
Well, I came, I came to Denny's to eat my feelings, and I somehow wound up here. I'm sorry we're closed. Yeah. <laughs> that was that was what I found out, and it's a Wait. little, it's just insult upon injury. You know what? What happened? What happened about this? Pretend Wet Bradley's Jennifer Lopez. Can okay. I can I pretend I'm Jennifer Lopez? Wet Bradley, you pretend you're Jennifer Lopez. Okay. And and you could redo what you've done. Show us all the holiday cheer. Really? Yeah. Okay. The acoustics in this alley are strangely good. Oh, I, I heard that. Oh. Okay. All right. All right. Okay. Oh, holy night, the stars are brightly shining. It is the night of our dear Savior's birth. Long lay the world in sin and error pining till he appeared and the soul felt its worth. The thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices for yonder breaks a new and glorious morn. I didn't actually write the words myself, so well, I didn't. They say that it's the poor craftsman who yeah. blames his tools. It's okay. like jazz. You gotta sing around the lyrics. Yeah, you gotta find the walrus hidden within it. Yeah. Well, I could put chopsticks on my teeth. That's a great start. Put your chopsticks in your teeth. Go back okay. to the Jennifer Lopez show. Her what's up? You're right. You're right. Why not? Why not? Why not? Life is short. We get but one trip. And you gotta sing with the chopsticks in your mouth every chance you get. Yeah. Well, well, thanks, Mr. Homeless Man, and happy holidays. Uh, you're welcome, nice lady. Enjoy yourself. Oh, well, thanks. All right. Bye. Goodbye. Wow, that was just full. Well, that was magical. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, rebellious young Rudolph, why can't you just get along with all the other reindeer? I told you, Pops. They won't let me into their reindeer games. And they're playing cards against Moose Manatee, my favorite, without me again. Oh, and I told you, dear Rudolph, that you need to apologize to Prancer for stealing his Frozen DVD. If I had to hear him sing Let It Go one more time, my nose was going to short-circuit, you old bowl of jelly. 
Does your little reindeer have a head for rhetoric, but a yip-yap full of venom? Does he often find himself at odds with those around him? I'm Ethel Rosenberg. And I'm her husband, Julius Rosenberg. We founded the, the Julius, Julius and Ethel, Ethel Rosenberg Caribou Betterment Program for reindeer with unique potential, like Rudolph. If your reindeer's like precocious little Rudy, he'll benefit from the, the Julius and Ethel Rosenberg, Rosenberg Caribou Betterment Program. Program too. Participants will sharpen their existing skills and learn some new ones, such as learning to speechify and strategize, building a powerful platform based on half-truths and cherry-picking, tricking millions of people into thinking you know what the hell you're talking about, and hiding things in snowballs. So bring your reindeer by for a free sociopathy and psychopathy evaluation today. Now, let's check in on Rudolph. Oh, 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 Rudolph, you've come a long way this Christmas with the other reindeer. I think you'll do great things during the off-season. Interning with the North Pole's congressman in Washington, D.C. Bipartisanship for all! Ho, 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 ho! Thanks, Santa. I'll do my best to make you proud. First on my agenda, I've spent enough time in the North Pole to know all this climate change nonsense is a scam propagated by liberal weather wackadoos. And I'm making it my personal mission to get Al Roker and the Polar Vortex deported. <laughs> The Julius and Ethel Rosenberg Caribou Betterment Program. Instilling in reindeer the requirement of shaping a better tomorrow. No, I don't care what they say. I'm never, I'm never voting for a reindeer for Congress. They can't write down anything. How do they make the signatures happen? Well, hello there. Uh, it's me again, your old pal, Soliloquy Sam, joined once again by my sudden sidekick, Mr. Wet Bradley. Happy holidays, harumph. Wet Bradley, why are you all gussied up in a green felt hat and festive trousers? Well, I got a job at the mall as a Satan's elf. <laughs> I do believe you mean Santa's elf. Oh, oh, well, actually, that explains a few things. Like what, WB? Like why I got fired today <laughs> on my first day. Now, what could possibly have happened to get you fired? What, with you confusing the friendly Santa Claus man with the Satan devil himself? It was my job to greet the kids and the parents when they came in. And due to my extensive improv training, I obviously didn't need no help with my greeting lines. That's true. You are preternaturally quick-witted and insightful, WB. What could possibly go awry? Well, the boss lady said my greetings was inappropriate and terrifying. And that she was gonna call the police if I didn't leave immediately. So what kind of greetings were you dispensing? You know, normal stuff like, Welcome to Satan's Toy Factory. We have such sights to show you. Sounds perfectly normal to me. I don't understand what the big hubbub is about that line. Or tell Satan what you want for Christmas, little kids. You'll get your heart's desire in exchange for your soul, which we will roast over eternal hellfires and eat. Well, Cena, that's just the trouble with society today. You go to the mall expecting a Santa, and you've got no room in your heart for a surprise Satan instead. Nostalgia has killed creativity. The sanctity of the status quo has supplanted the freedom of expression. Art is prostitution, prostitution art. Listen, I'm all for the coming revolution, WB. But did you at least get paid? Nope. Afraid we're still in the poorhouse, Sam. Well, speaking of poorhouses... 
Our tale begins in the poorly lit, underheated, cranky atmosphere offices of Mr. Krill, the town bookkeeper. Now, for those of you out there who don't know who bookkeeper is, they're the folks who count money all day long and write about money in their books. I'm self-publishing my memoirs for the Amazons. I'm calling it Moist Musings, the patchwork recollections of an avid outdoorsman. That sounds lovely, WB. And I'll surely pre-order myself a copy, but these was the olden times, what before there was such a thing as the Amazons. Ah, oh, the olden times didn't have the Amazons? That must have been some dark days, Sam. Dark indeed, WB, especially in the bookkeeping offices of Mr. Krill. Ah, Mr. Clint, good to see you looking dour and gloomy. Sure thing, boss. I didn't really know what other way to look. You got me working on Christmas Eve. Is it Christmas already? Bah! With everyone sleeping off their misguided revelry, tomorrow will be a slow day for business indeed. Traditionally, sir, us working types are given the day off for Christmas to be miserable with our families instead of miserable at work. Harumph! Well, so be it. No point in burning coal for heat if there won't be any business to attend to. And, sir, if it isn't too much trouble, I was hoping to take the rest of the day off as well, after lunchtime, of course. Wait, a full day for Christmas and another half day for... What the hell do you call this, anyway? Day before Christmas afternoon? It's Christmas Eve, sir. My mom's got a real-life roast in the pot made of actual meat. It's not much, sir, but if you're in need of some companionship and cheer this Christmas Eve, I'd be more than happy than... Companionship? Cheer? Bah humbug, you jackass! Whatever you say. So, about taking the rest of the day off. Oh, okay, fine. Close up the business to which you're currently attending and take the rest of the day. Tomorrow too, sir? Tomorrow too, although it seems to me that Christmas is a poor excuse for closing a man's business every 25th of December. It's tradition, sir, based in religion. Nowadays, it's more of a cultural norm than an ecclesiastical imperative, but the sentiment remains the same. Peace on earth and goodwill towards men. I told you, by humbug. What about crustaceans? No one ever gave crustaceans a holiday. No one ever wishes crustaceans peace on earth or goodwill towards crustaceans. Let me be the first then, sir. Peace on earth and goodwill towards crustaceans. Bah! Oh, thank you. See you day after tomorrow, sir. Hey, and I expect you here all the earlier that morning. So Mr. Krill made his way to his shabby, small, cold apartment to spend Christmas Eve all alone. Hey, shabby, small, and cold. That don't sound all too bad. But Mr. Krill was a man of some means, WB. He was misering up all his wealth just so he could have more pennies to count. Pennies don't seem like no kind of money no how. I only pick them up because I like the way they make my hands smell. <laughs> Krill came to his front door. And while he was getting out his keys, he saw something terrible strange happening on his door knocker, what usually looks like a spooky old gargoyle face. Archibald Krill! Ah! Oh. oh, for a moment I thought my spooky old gargoyle door knocker said my name out loud. Archibald! No! <laughs> Krill tried to forget the scary door knocker incident and sat in his favorite and only chair. Square in the middle of his dimly lit apartment. He had just settled himself in with a cup of cold water and a chunk of dry bread when he heard a strange rattling outside his door. Who could that be? 
nobody should be calling now, not on Christmas Eve. Uh, okay, who's there? I warn you. I've got no Christmas spirit to give. I, I'm all grumpy and mean. <laughs> what Krill saw enter the doorway chilled him to his very core. Archibald Krill. Z Z Zachary, Zachary Gray? Yes, Archibald. It is I, Zachary Gray. In life, I was your business partner. Yeah, in, in life. Uh, so you're dead now? Oh, come on, Archie. You know I'm dead. You came to my funeral. Oh, oh yeah, that's right. Five, five years back, it was something to do with a firearms accident or something? I accidentally shot my own spacecraft out of the sky, killing all on board. Spacecraft, that's right. We started a small space exploration for profit venture. And you were the captain of the AOS 2. My greed and my hubris led to my demise, Archibald. I wear the chains in death that I forged in life. But you never made any chains. You were never patient enough for no metalworking. It's a metaphor, Archie. <coughs> These chains you see in my ethereal form are metaphorical representations of the sin and callousness I practiced in my life. And I'm here to warn you. Warn me of what, you probably just a bit of undigested beef or spot of mustard? What? Don't, don't you see me floating right here in front of you? Having a conversation? Gah! Never mind. You will be visited by three spirits. Look for the first spirit when the clock strikes one. Spirits? Like you? Dead people? Ghosts? Sort of. <laughs> They'll explain everything when they get here. Oh, wait, Zachary, I, I have so many questions to ask you. Okay, well, I've got like two minutes, so uh, make it quick. What's death like? Horrible! I is there a heaven? I don't know, Archie. I'm being weighed down by all these metaphorical chains. I can't ascend if such a fate should be mine. It's kind of why I'm here. Uh, go on. Well, I figure if I do this thing right, and you learn a lesson or something from all these ghostly visitations, maybe the guy upstairs will figure out I've done my time, and I can finally check out of this terrible living dead plane of existence. Well, Zachary, that sounds pretty good, but I warn you, I'm super crotchety, and I don't expect to learn anything from these damn ghosts of yours. Whatever, Archie. At least I'm trying. Look for the first spirit when the clock strikes one! Bah, spirits! Zachary always was a bit eccentric. But no sooner had Krill settled back into his chair than... <laughs> Who, who's there? Oh, well, it's just me, Cadet Bucky Weaver, the ghost of Christmas past. Uh, Cadet Bucky? But weren't you aboard the... <laughs> aboard the AOS 2 when Captain Gray accidentally shot his own ship with lasers? Yup. And smoking rocket certs. It's an honor to finally meet you. Captain Gray always had something good to say about you. Ah, well, that just warms my tiny crustacean heart. Really? No, Gray was a jackass, you jackass. And everyone who'd agree to fly with him must have been a jackass, too. And I don't care what jackasses think about me. Aw, oh, jangling metaphor chains. This is going to be harder than I thought. Okay, what's going to be harder than you thought? Oh, never mind. Just just grab a hold of my jetpack. What, this thing? And then they were flying. Flying through the air, flying through time itself. Krill in his tiny Krill pajamas and Krill slippers. Bucky in his spacesuit. Until they landed in front of an old, tiny apartment. 
the air taking a kind of nostalgic quality to it. You know, with soft, warm lighting and a kind of hazy look about things. A bit of smoke in the air, the smell of sizzling forearm hair. Oh, no, you don't. Not this time. I'm not going to get burned up in the middle of the story. Continue. You recognize anything, Mr. Krill? Hey, this, this is where I grew up. But how is it still standing? I, I thought the city council condemned this land and dug a radioactive waste con containment pit in its place. They did, but we're in the past now. I'm the ghost of Christmas past. Oh, great, super time travel powers, and you take us somewhere I've already been on a day I don't particularly like. Can we, can we just look in the window? Okay. Why, why, that's me, by the Christmas tree. And look there, on the table, an honest-to-goodness Christmas dinner. And, and there's my mom, and my dad, and, and Bartleby, our, our pet sea louse. And look, see how happy you look. Yes, so happy. Well, okay, where are we now, Spirit? Bucky. Where are we now, Spirit Bucky? <sighs> We're at a later Christmas past when you were apprenticing for Richard Durex, the former head honcho accountant in town. Don't you remember you spent every waking hour trying to be the best accountant in the world? Archibald, it's Christmas Eve. Go home and get intimate with your family. Or better yet, I've noticed a certain young dame here at the office that's got her eye on you. You need to investigate her assets. You know, finesse her bottom line. Diddle the numbers. I don't want to micromanage your professional intercourse, but I'll leave you crazy kids alone. Hi, Archie. Sally, honestly, you know I've got to work. But I was hoping we could go to the park. You know, see a duck or a fish or something? Ducks? Fish? What is this, you jackass? The zoo? I just need to work a little longer, a little bit harder, a little bit thicker. Thicker? Blast, it's Richard. He's got me double entendre all over the place. Let's go for a walk then, Archie. Get your mind off all these numbers. I really want to go on a walk with you, Archie. Well, Sally, you can't always have everything you want. And she went on that walk by herself, didn't she? Yes. Yes, she did. And you never saw her again, did you? No, I did not. And you've avoided the park in most medium to large-sized ponds ever since, haven't you? You know what's annoying, Spirit? Rhetorical damn questions. Well, jump in tragedy, Mr. Krill. I'm just trying to show you dramatic memories from your life in the hopes that you'll make some kind of life-changing change to your sourpuss ways. Change? I'll change you, you Spirit. Get over here, you jackass. But when he reached out to visit some unspecified violence upon the past ghost, all he found was his own chair fabrics. Where did he go? <laughs> Change. Bye, humbug. Krill sure says humbug a lot. Humbug, humbug, humbug. Anywho, it's Krill just set his mind on getting some sleep, wrapped in his one thin blanket in his moldy old armchair, when all of a sudden, a jovial laugh broke the silence of his apartment. Ho, ho, ho. Well, what's this now, another spirit? Why, hello there, Mr. Krill. I am the ghost of Christmas present. No, you're the ghost of Ernest Angler, 
religious charlatan and cult leader who was murdered by an angry mob after his conviction. <laughs> maybe, maybe. But now I'm the ghost of Christmas present, and I'm here to take you on a journey, a spirit child journey, to show you what Christmas looks like for the people in this fine town. That's ridiculous. I couldn't possibly go around looking in people's windows in the middle of the night. You know, peering into their intimate personal lives, intruding on their familial celebrations, and the weather. Who? We are here! Ah! Where? Why didn't you say anything, damn it? I could have braced myself or prepared or something. Or complain forever, like a big cry baby who always cries because he is a baby. Where? Yeah. Uh, where are we, Spirit? We're outside the home of your employee, a Mr. Clint. Well, can we go inside? I forgot my krill coat because somebody didn't warn me before magically teleporting me across town in the middle of the damn night. Sure thing, crybaby. The Clints won't notice our presence anyway. Wait, what? Not notice our presence? Uh, have I somehow become a ghost? No. Ah, well. <laughs> hey, look. Clint serving dinner to his mom and his little brother. What a meager, poor-looking roast. Here you go, Mother Clint. Compliments to Mr. Krill for providing me a job so I can bring home dinner for Christmas Eve. Oh, boo miss on Mr. Krill. He's a big fart. I hate him in his stupid fart face. Oh, Mom, you can't be mad at the man for being his stupid fart face. He's just the way he is, and there's no changing him. Well, I think he's just a big doo-doo burger. Hey, Ma, Tiny Trevor and I walked past the apple orchard today on our walk. It's true. We saw apples and trees and birds and people. <coughs> <coughs> and... <coughs> okay, cough into your sleeve. Don't wear yourself out, little hero. Take it easy. Your tiny lungs can't handle such excitement. I guess you're right. Golly gee, I sure wish I had regular sized lungs. <laughs> and two working legs. We've got you a pretty nice crutch though. True, true, true. I do so love my nice crutch. I know we've been telling him that he's just due for a growth spurt, but the fact is that if he doesn't get medical help and, and soon, he might not make it to next Christmas. Spirit. Is this true? Will Tiny Trevor not make it to next Christmas? Oh, I'm no fortune teller, Krill. I'm just a simple ghost of Christmas present. But if I were a betting man, I'd say that if Tiny Trevor doesn't see a doctor, he'll likely be staying in that there apple orchard permanent like. Wait, like, like he'll be homeless or something? No, dead and buried. Oh, that's just morbid. Now's not the time for such talk, Ma. Let's all just enjoy our fine Christmas meal. Oh, fine. Hooray. <laughs> this thing is really devolved. Get, get me out of this maudlin cry factory. Spirit. Spirit? But Krill was already back in his own chair. I'm already back in my own chair. Well, well, I'll be. That sure is sad about Tiny Trevor, though. You know, I might just go down there and... Well, that's certainly ominous. At this rate, I'm not going to get any sleep, and when I wake up tomorrow to go watch children in new ice skates fall on the frozen pond, I'll be even grumpier than usual. Krill, knowing the whole three spirits drill, got up from his chair to answer the door. And when he did, 
he saw the spookiest, most ghostified, black draped, grim reaper looking person he'd have ever seen in his whole dang life. <sighs> Hello, spirit. I've had visitations from the ghosts of Christmas past and Christmas present. You must be here to show me a Christmas future. But in keeping with tradition, this third ghost didn't say a thing and was super easy to cast. <laughs> I, I see, spirit. Your, your stoicism is much appreciated. Those other spirits were real mouthy, you know. Well, so are we to travel forth then? This third spirit raised an impossibly long, bony arm and Krill tenuously grabbed hold of his way-freaky, spider-looking bone hand. Oh, that's just gross. This bizarre duo was instantly whisked away to a lonely, dim stretch of street where they saw some shady-type nefarious folks digging through a bunch of old, teeny-tiny clothes in a little itty-bitty wardrobe. <laughs> well, would you look here? A fine wool coat. <laughs> the old geezer never wore it out. Just kept wearing that shabby gray thing until it finally fell apart. <laughs> Looks like that's what did him in, the salty old grouch. No common sense. I heard he died of being too mean. That'd be a satisfying narrative turn, but there's no medical merit to substantiate the claim. Well, then what was it? Choked on a lump of dry bread, alone in his tiny cold apartment. <laughs> Yikes. The grim trio pulled at this tiny little armoire full of itty-bitty clothes and little shirts that said, like, sh like shrimp stock 49 and all kinds of weird, very specific things, uh, <laughs> suspenders. And then, finally, they found an eerily familiar pair of gloves. Hey, those look just like my gloves. Whoever they belong to must not have been the most popular guy in town. Bright one, though, eating dry bread lumps alone in an apartment. I, I kind of like his style. Any idea who he could have been, Spirit? Okay, good talk. <laughs> the Spirit raised his ultra-creepy bone arm again, and he and Krill zip-zap straight away back to Clint's house. Only remember, this is the ghost of Christmas future, so he was showing Krill a future Christmas at Clint's house. You'll see. Well, there's Clint again and his mother. And oh, look, the same exact Christmas meal as last year. See, they didn't starve. Well, Mom, I walked by the apple orchard again today. It's covered in a lovely dusting of snow. Tiny Trevor was so calm, so peaceful. No, that's not the right verb tense, Clint. Tiny Trevor is calm. Tiny Trevor is peaceful. Yes, he certainly was a lovely boy. He is a lovely boy. It's a shame we couldn't afford to take him to a real doctor. You, you can't afford to take him to a real doctor. Well... It's good to know he's somewhere beautiful. Well, what's the meaning of this, Spirit? Why do they talk about the boy like he isn't there? Like he isn't coming back? And again with the creepy arm, the ghost pointed to an empty chair with a very nice crutch propped up in it. Oh no, uh, Tiny Trevor's very nice crutch. He must have forgotten it. Right, Spirit? He and Clint went to the apple orchard and, you know, Tiny Trevor just forgot his crutch, right? But all Krill received his answer was cold, stony silence. Uh, I want to go home now, Spirit. I'm, I'm just too sad. I can't possibly get any sadder. No, don't put your skeletal arm down. I'll just walk. Uh, hey, hey, don't tap my shoulder like that. Krill and the ghastly, silent spirit were transported to an overgrown cemetery 
with all kinds of spooky headstones, snow covering the finer details. Really, Spirit? You want me to look at Tiny Trevor's grave? Well, that's just sick. I get it, he's dead. I'm really sad, but... Hey, wait, we're not at the apple orchard where Tiny Trevor's buried. This looks like the economical plain burial ground where the destitute and practical are buried. The spirit motioned to one tombstone in particular. That one, really? You want I should go check and see? Okay, fine, this one. And then I want to go home. I, I need to think about some things and have a good manly cry. <laughs> Krill brushed aside the dusting of snow covering the letters that read... Oh. Archibald Krill. Oh no, this can't be me. I'm too young and handsome. And the whole city counts on me being really good at accounting. Oh, oh, spirit, I can't die. Please, tell me, please. Is this a vision of things to come? Or of things that could be? Is there still time for me to change my ways? I will so change my ways. Please, please just tell me there's still time. Oh, spirit. Spirit. The crew was just crying on his sleeping chair again. Wait. I'm still here. I'm alive. I can change and be lovely and nice to Tiny Trevor. Try, Tiny Trevor doesn't have to die. I'll do a juice cleanse and, and a hot yoga. And oh, 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 it's light outside. So Krill threw open his window and shouted at the first person he saw. You there, young lady. What, what day is it? What, like the day of the week? I don't know. Tuesday? Wednesday, maybe? But it's Christmas Day, if that helps. I'm making a snowman! Well, stop making a snowman, you jackass, and go get me the biggest turkey in town. The biggest turkey? Really? I've got these shopping bags. I could confidently carry a 15-pound bird. 20 tops. That biggest turkey over there is probably 40 pounds. Now, fine. Have the butcher deliver it. To Clint. Hey, and keep the change. Thanks, mister. And a Merry Christmas. You know what? Merry Christmas. So Krill put on his nicest coat, which he'd been keeping in cold storage, what he calls the top of his roof, forever and ever. And then he walked towards Clint's house, stopping to help a small child lace up her new ice skates. And don't forget, you need to turn gradually, or else you'll tip right over and land on your face. Thanks, mister. Krill saw a young couple holding hands, and instead of his usual mocking remarks about the fleeting and impermanent nature of beauty, he said... What a lovely young couple. Merry Christmas, lovely couple. Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. By the time he'd made it to Clint's house, the turkey had been delivered. Krill could hear the family discussing the odd turn of events from outside the house. It's a trap. Maybe it's a mistake. We'd better eat it before someone comes looking for it. Maybe it's from Dudley Turkleton, the mayor of Turkey City. He probably sent it over as a sacrifice in an act of repentance. For Turkey City is the new Sodom, and they are in the throes of their own exclusive Turkey Armageddon. <laughs> ah! Mr. Krill? Yes, Clint. I've come to check on you and your family. Fart face. I trust you're enjoying your day off? Uh, yes, sir. Very much, sir. How'd you like to take the next day off? Truly, sir, I'd, I'd like that very much. And the next. And the next. I don't understand. How about you take the rest of December off? 
Am I fired? Is he fired? Are you a shrimp person? <laughs> no, he's not fired. He's got a vacation! Hooray! And what's more, here's a referral to a very good doctor and a blank check for the medical expenses. Tiny Trevor won't have to die. Hooray! I was gonna die? <laughs> you guys didn't tell me? Look, look guys, I, I've had a very weird night. And I'd love nothing more than to join you at your table for Christmas dinner. Of course, sir. You're welcome to it. God bless us, everyone. Oh, that's right, Web Bradley. God bless us, every. God, are you really Lance Morissette? God bless us. God, why is Alan Rickman an angel? Didn't you see Die Hard? It's it's a trap. He's he's Alan Gruber. God bless us. God. Do you think people play roller hockey on gas station roofs for any reason other than to ape that scene from Clerks? God, please help WB with his constantly confusing Kevin Smith movies with real life. I was going to make a Tusk reference, but I'm pretty positive no one has saw Tusk. By applause, who's seen Tusk? <laughs> one, one person, okay. Tom Stanley, ladies and gentlemen. Tom Stanley. Tom, staunch defender of Kevin Smith work. <laughs> You're a good man, Tom. Uh, okay, so, so God bless us, everyone. <clears throat> what do we do next? WB, it feels kind of weird with all these people standing behind us and the audience looking at us expectantly to guide the narration of the night. Why don't we go to the intermission? Oh, I do like intermission. I heard tales of a magical counter at the back of the room where you can exchange your folding money for adult beverages. Kids, are you tired of getting gumball machine candy and stale candy canes in your Christmas stocking? Yeah! Do you wish Santa could fit in a bicycle or a pony in there? Yeah! <laughs> well, ask your parents about Lord Dragner's infinite stocking of the void. Powered by an eternal Eldritch vacuum. Eldritch vacuum? This sales pitch is not for you, you penniless agnostic vagrants. We clean up you! Ooh! Ooh. Am I a He mentioned my lack of religious conviction. To get this hot stocking that'll bring your holiday cheer to hell and back. Literally. Hey, speaking of hell and back, Wizard Mathis, are you renting time in this here back corner behind the ditties? Are you looking for like some kind of a, oh, I'm gonna come sell some stuff, let me just sell some stuff. Do I interrupt your diatribes with my sales pitches? As a matter of fact, you just have done that very thing. We're in the middle of a store, you come out with your green light, and you're smoking, you're waving your hands, and you're selling a thing. It's just gonna steal people's souls. It's just gonna steal your souls. Stop ruining my punchline, you monologuing mongrels. Curse you hobos. Get out of here, wizard. <laughs> I'm sorry you had to see that. Welcome back to the second half. Uh, like I was saying a moment before we was rudely interrupted, uh, oh, those are all the testimonies and alibis that keep me from being implicated in the Black Dahlia murder. <laughs> Hello, I'm Soliloquy Sam. That is Wet Bradley. You are our lovely audience, and we are ready for round two. Hello. Our next story is a familiar one. Uh, Sam? Yes, your witness. Uh, there's something I've been meaning to tell you. 
Okay, well, out with it, WB. I, I thought maybe just this once we could get into a tale without a bunch of stuff and nonsense, wizards notwithstanding. Okay, well, so, so quick, Sam. Please, mate. Disquisition dark. Well, hello. Bet you didn't see me there. Well, hello. I, I mean, who, who in the giant Bon Jovi are you? As that handsome parlor, handsome, handsome, handsome just explained, sir. My name is Disquisition Doc. Um, Sam, I met Doc behind the Waffle House that night. You was cleaning up the chemical spill, and now, uh, well... I'm his new beau, <laughs> and I'm so pleased to make your acquaintance. I do so enjoy spinning holiday yarns around a fire on a chilly winter's night. Oh, well now you just slow your roll there, Dottie. Uh, actually, I prefer Dot. I don't care if you prefer the queen of space and time. There's only one tall tale teller in these parts, and it's me. With Bradley, what in the name of holy hairnets are you doing bringing some interlope around here? Well, I wanted to have a girlfriend for Hanukkah this year. You're not even Jewish, WB. I'm not not Jewish. Soliloquy, Sam, if I may. No, you may not. You ain't mad at me, are you, Sam? You, you traitorous mound of mulch. I'll deal with you later. Ahem. As I was saying, this here tale is called The Gift of the Magi. Isn't that an O. Henry story? Isn't that you time to shut up your old pie hole? Once upon a time, there was an adventurer's apprentice and the daughter of a museum security guard who fancied herself a junior detective. They went to the same school and crossed one another's paths on more than one adventure. They were blossoming preteens and therefore maneuvered around each other in an endlessly awkward and confusing will they or won't they manner that some folks found engaging, while others thought of it as just a diversion from the more supernatural and action-oriented elements of the story. One day, during the mythical final battle of the Norse gods, what's called Ragnarok... Uh, this is probably going to take a while. Mr. Bravery is using his knowledge of Norse mythology to combat the war on Christmas. I uh, brought some snacks, uh, just some juice boxes and breakfast bars. You want some? That's very nice. Thank you. I feel I have to warn you, though, that they contain traces of peanuts. Uh, the breakfast bars, I mean. Uh, I don't know if you have an allergy or... That's fine. I appreciate your concern. So... What are you gonna do if the Earth isn't completely engulfed in water in the wake of the pitiless war between gods? Oh, you know, probably see my family right away and tell them I love them. My folks are still divorced, but I'm holding out hope for the unlikely salvation of Earth to maybe bring them together. <laughs> my grandparents are divorced. <laughs> But, but they also live together, so it's not really relevant to this conversation. <clears throat> so, anyway, um, if we don't die in this horrible, catastrophic clash of deities, I, I might also go see the new animated Wes Anderson movie. Really? He's my favorite. Mine too. Oh, Mr. Bravery and I recently got some theater gift certificates from this man whose tattoos become nightmares. <laughs> Maybe we could both go see the movie at the same theater simultaneously. I'd really like that. And so the two met up to see Wes Anderson's latest project, the misadventures of the precocious, quirky, upper-middle-class dormouse who suffers from ennui and also Bill Murray's in it. <laughs> Now, for those of you who don't know what a Wes Anderson Samuel. is... Samuel! <laughs> no. 
Browsers about to say it's that... a podcast. They know what a Wes Anderson is. Yeah, but what about the rest You're of the... You're hardly the coolest kid in the room, Samuel. Wait, Bradley, help me out here. Uh, y- y- you do spoon feed the audience just a tad. It too, WB. Pose before hobo, Sam. You. So, anyways, after a reference everyone already gets, apparently. Uh, the, the two awkward tweens discuss the finer points of the film at a taqueria. Is it okay with you two if I explain to the good people what a taqueria is? Go, Go for, for it. it. <clears throat> for those of you out there who don't know what a taqueria is, a taqueria is a restaurant specializing in tacos. End of definition. <laughs> I can barely believe it. Another movie where two tween children get married. And the crazy attention to detail? Every shot looks like the drawing room of the Prairie's home. Yet he makes it work somehow. Even the intentionally terrible haircuts in the 70s music. You'd think at this point he'd run out of obscure Obscure pop folk. (laughs) (laughs) So. So. I have a question. I have an answer. Excuse what? It's a turn of phrase, or it's a... Joke. Never mind. What was your question? Oh, uh, <laughs> uh, geez. So, um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I had this question. I- is this thing that we're doing equal or approximate to beyond the shadow of a doubt? Um, uh, date? Oh, uh, oh, well, do you want it to be a date? Do you? Let's say it at the same time. One. Two. Three. I, I don't, don't know. know. Oh. Well, that was not as productive as I had hoped. No. No, it was not. Uh, and now I'm just filling the awkward silence with my own voice. Hey, everybody. Okay, bye. You know, Trevor, I, I wouldn't mind if we were on a date. I mean, we are having dinner, and, and you took me to a movie. Right, those are facts. Anyone observing us would be correct in calling it a date. It's a date, empirically. And technically. Should we keep dating? Yes, I like that. It makes a lot of sense. We like a lot of the same things, and and being single is the worst thing that can happen to a kid in middle school. (laughs) Swell. Every day at Fred Schneider Junior High, the two would pass cryptic notes to each other share lunch, and show off their dating status to all the sad bastard souls who couldn't find a stable relationship in the eighth grade. It was obnoxious. (laughs) Soon it was the end of autumn, and everyone was getting ready for the big Holidays Day dance. Holidays Day is the designated public school celebration of all the winter holidays rolled up into one so that no one got angry. But people still got angry because students' parents are a superstitious and cowardly lot. Trevor, what's up, man? Why'd you get Janet for Holidays Day? Get? Gee, cisgender Jake, I didn't know we were supposed to get gifts for people on Holidays Day. What? Yeah, dude. Gift-giving, like, honors three or four of the Holidays Day holidays. I mean, Jimmy Geisler didn't get Kimmy Quinn a Holidays Day present at the dance, and... And look at him now, man. They're broken up, and he's now the slender kid who only appears in the woods at night. <laughs> plus, plus, he doesn't have a face. Oh, because he didn't buy her a present? Yeah. Get to it, man. All right. 
Later, I'm gonna go rock some cis privilege by talking real loud in the bathroom stall about how big my poop is. Is this Jake in the house? Oh, you know it! <laughs> Everybody else can Google it. That's, uh, that's... <laughs> Meanwhile, uh, wherever middle school girls hang out, uh, is it the malt shop or, or something called a wet seal? I don't know. I, I didn't do my research. Is it Clara's? I, the place where you get the ear piercings? I don't like them. Is it, do the unicorns have a farm? Is it like a unicorn oh, farm? Sam. I don't know. Anyway, I'm probably a malt shop. <laughs> so, Jenna, you got your gift for Trevor picked out? It better be something flashy. Do you guys like gifts? Yeah. Trevor's supposed to give you something really special, too. Jimmy didn't get me anything last year, and I dropped him like a bad habit. Now he only exists on the internet and has, like, noodle hands or something. <laughs> Trevor's probably gonna get you something really nice. Oh, dear. I don't even have any money. You better get a job, then. Trevor's gift for you is probably gonna be really expensive. He's always collecting dead people's fancy stuff when he's hanging out with that full-grown man who wears the pith helmet. <laughs> Clips groceries or whatever is always hiring. I don't know, Kimmy. I've only survived the mythological Norse apocalypse. I don't think I can handle a retail job during the holidays. Yeah, I didn't understand that first part at all. Oh my god, look at that girl over there. Is she wearing a jumper? I swear, we should bring back eugenics or something. What a horrible person. <laughs> Makes me glad I dropped out of school in the eighth grade. You hear that, Linda Perkins? I'm doing okay. You dumping me in the parking lot after taking you to see duck soup hasn't affected me at all. I'm doing great. I'm well adjusted. <laughs> you're, you're losing the female audience and also the rest of the audience, Sam. Fine. Take it away, delirious Deborah or whatever. Right. So, each respective child went online to barter important things that didn't seem necessary at the time for gifts that do seem special to sad preteens. For those, those of you who don't, don't know, know what, what online means, uh, it's when, when you type words into a television and things appear on your doorstep. <laughs> well played, doppelganger darling. <laughs> Finally, the holidays day dance came around. Oh yeah, all right, I'm feeling it. Here come holidays, here come holidays, here comes holidays day, Stephen. He gives gifts while you exchange gifts, and he rides a sled pulled by yaks. <laughs> well, in the spirit of the season, I guess we ought to exchange presents. I guess we should. Oh, a tube-shaped map holder. A narwhal charm. Is there something wrong with your gift? No, no, not at all. It's just that I had to sell all my maps on sadbartering.com. And I had to sell my charm bracelet on nolongeragirl.net. Well, it's the thought that counts. I guess. Ah, oh, snackers. Why should we be so crestfallen? Let's call this a mulligan and exchange gifts at the Holidays Day Ice Cream Social. Sure. Later on, at the Holidays Day Ice Cream Social. All right, all right, I'm feeling one more, feeling one more. 
Holidays day in America, can't make up our minds in America, or commit to any particular celebration in America. Holidays day in America, tree, menorah, pumpkin pie. Jake out. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, a uh, rain guard for my pith helmet. Oh, a fancy goggles cloth. You sold your goggles? Yeah, you sold your pith helmet. Yep. I guess there's still a Holidays Day baby shower for the baby Jesus, Moses, or other. <laughs> you would think the third time's the charm, but you'd be wrong! <laughs> really? Really? Okay. Uh, I'm not mad at you. I'm just really frustrated. You get me a pocket knife? I sell all my pockets. <laughs> I give you an Algonquin arrowhead. You, you sell your spear shaft. It's just too much dramatic irony. Well, how do you think I feel? Let's just exchange gifts on Christmas Day. Uh, that would be romantic anyways, right? So then Trevor went to a spooky man under a bridge, like one does when one is at one's wit's end. Back so soon. Excuse me? Oh, nothing. Just an inside joke. She loves you, you know. You represent all the stability she'll never have growing up, but you'll never really know her. I heard you were hiring. Yes, that. I need you to sell these magazine subscriptions door to door. Each one is bound to the skin of a murderer. Okay, uh, I hate to be so forward, but when would I get- Paid. Please stop that. The salesman job is rather lean, but I can make a deal with you for the Inuit comb you want to get for dear Janet. All I ask in return is nothing, a, a pittance really, just, just your official explorator's compass. But that's irreplaceable. Ah, uh, experiences are irreplaceable. Your possible future with this girl, that's irreplaceable. Your GPS does what a compass does anyway. Mr. Bravery won't mind if he even notices at all. Now, for those of you who don't know what a retail job is, it is, um... Sam? Well, it's a, uh... What's wrong, Sam? I, I don't know what a retail job is. Uh, maybe it's a... Maybe I can help. Maybe you can help yourself to, to shutting right up. Uh, maybe it's when your ears pop in an airplane? That sounds right. Uh, uh, a small amphibious rodent? <laughs> like, a, like a muskrat? It's a... when you wait on the ungrateful, unwashed masses for minimum wage while plotting your own death with increasing zeal and detail as time and your life force slowly go down the crapper. Uh, let, let's go with the airplane one. Meanwhile, on an airplane! So basically your job is to sit behind this counter and absorb verbal abuse from people who don't understand how a store works. I'm going out back to get high by choking myself. Any questions? How many hours can I get in before December? And is there any kind of Christmas bonus? Not a hell of a lot, but I think there's some creepy guy under a bridge paying fast money for easy work. Isn't that terrible advice to give a minor? A part of me that cares about that is long dead. Creepy bridge man it is. Have a nice day. Giving exposition is my one true joy in life. <laughs> Later on, under the bridge. 
That's not the right question, Janet Bostwick. Sorry? What? Wait, what? how did you know my name? You must ask yourself if it's worth it, if he's worth it, and if so, are you really doing it for him? Please get out of my head. I'm sorry, I should have knocked first. This isn't cute. <laughs> I'm not afraid of your sorcerer's mumbo-jumbo. I have a knife. How convenient, as you'll be needing that to complete our barter. You want my knife? <laughs> no, a knife? As if physical pain means anything to me anymore. <laughs> uh, no, no, I just, I need a lock of your hair. All of it, forever. Not a lock, not just enough left over for a pixie cut. A completely bald scalp for the rest of your life. In exchange, you'll get one magic silver compass with a chain that changes length on command. Okay. Trevor would really love a magic silver compass chain. Later on at the Bravery household, on the Christmas morning, after Trevor has exchanged uh, the, the Inuit combs for just the chain, what come with the, without what? the... What are you doing? I don't know. Shut up. I'm trying to clarify. Let him talk. It's just a chain. There's Shut no up. compass. All right. <laughs> I really do like you, hair or not, but I feel like such a fool for getting you another useless present. I appreciate your present, and I'm sure I'll find a use for it. Even if I don't, I'll always keep it close to my heart. Well, not that close, because I don't have any pockets. Well, maybe I could wear it as a necklace and... I get what you mean. I I'll always treasure this comb, and hey, this way it'll always be in mint condition. I think we've learned not to fall victim to the materialistic trappings of Holidays Day. It doesn't matter what we have, as long as we have each other. We could have learned that a lot sooner without the useless presence and hair loss. Well, hair will always grow back. Not mine. Oh, magic. Magic. Son of a... <laughs> That's a hard truth for the young couple. A large sacrifice does not guarantee a reward. Sometimes you just lose your hair. Well, that was bleak. I think we can all guess who wrote that one. Don't you dare try to break the fourth wall, you watery tart! I got a bar of soap! I ate a sock! I'll go upside your head till you've got Gary Busey brain! That ending seems a little... incomplete. May I? Please, I have busied myself currently with wailing on Wet Bradley with this bar of soap and a sock. Ow. Okay. And so our young lovers were distraught until a being of infinite feeling and warmth was lowered into the house like a literal deus ex machina. I pooped in a box? Why do you make me do this to you, Wet Bradley? You know I got a bad rotator cuff. <laughs> Yay, children. I was moved by your pure, innocent hearts and your sitcom-like circumstances. Wow, so that's what, that's what ethnicity and gender God is. I never would have guessed! Sing, Hosanna. I shall restore your scalp, young Janet, and I shall give young Trevor a compass that also points toward Jerusalem. Oh, wow, great. A uh, compass that points to a location impossibly far away. Thanks, God, uh, goddess. Either is fine, gender is fluid. Race is a man-made construct. Perception holds no power over truth. Love is the only absolute. And you look good in those pants. Yes, you doubting pants wearer, those pants were a good decision. Non-binary Jehovah is crushing it. Yay, verily. And that's a satisfying ending, Dottie. My brain, my only brain. 
brain. Is something wrong with hitting on him like it's a Gary sock. Busey? It was a real hard piece of soap. Uh, if I wanted a man with Gary Busey brain, I'd still be dating Gary Busey. Stuck with him through that motorcycle accident. Where am I? Am I in the Buddy Holly story? Under siege. Uh, no. Lethal up in one. You know, you web, you web, you'll be fine. Web Bradley, if he's good, he just gotta get his wits back. Anywho's, it's a. I've been thinking about doing some traveling this holiday season. Wet Bradley, any pointers on where I should go? I hear Eastern Europe is nice. Maybe someone could give us some more details. You're welcome! Gustav von Uberlift, National Tourism Board of Germanoslavia, thanking for time from me magic trash can genies. Moist plant flakes, I love you. Anytime. Germanoslavia notices you and everyone that Germanoslavia now have all the holidays! We have in place the X that is massive. In the style of Hardest to Die John McClane, children of Uville have recovered gifts of presents from Giant Green Monster on Crumpet Mount. You'll be having time of best during Invent Holiday. Celebrate Boxer Ali with Ramen Dan. Join loyal citizens who already don't eat all day. Or come Germanoslavia, capital city of capital city. See four noodle huts. <laughs> Lasts all month long, so is best of holidays. For fans of Hobo Show with girls, Hannah and Wrath of Khan. Lights Festival in Northern Part. King burns parts of castle for heat. Dr. Dre Dar's spin on all radio terminals. In Germanoslavia is eight days that is latke of fun. That's a food. <laughs> Holidays in Germanoslavia. You come for tourism, stay for country. No worry, revolution. <laughs> You know, WB, one time I went to Helen for Christmas. I, yeah. live, I live on the street behind an abandoned Denny's on Peachtree. Yes. And I hated Helen. <laughs> I have literally no point of reference from which to hate it, but I just hated it so bad. It, it reminds me of the scene in Tusk where uh, Johnny Depp's a French Canadian. What? Oh, look. It is a group of carolers what come from Dunwoody. Hello, carolers! You're from Roswell. Oh. Well, actually, Alpharetta, but whatever. Oh, you're from Alpharetta. Can we stop fighting? Can we stop fighting? What? Oh my god, it's like this all the time in my hair. Are we just Yeah. It sounds like a song is getting ready. I can feel a song getting ready. I'm gonna prepare myself. Maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, I won't pop and then execute my in-laws. This Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe a trivial fight about pencil won't lead to a breakup. This Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe your gift will do more than just prove that you don't understand me. This Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. 
Maybe this Christmas you won't hit on interns at my office party. This Christmas, this Christmas, maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. And maybe you won't throw up in the closet at my boss's party. This Christmas, this Christmas, maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe Black Friday you won't punch a kid in the face at the Walmart. This Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe they wouldn't be punching if parents had kids home at midnight. This Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, this Christmas, this Christmas. Maybe this Christmas, the joy of the season won't end in regret sex. I think she means butt stuff. Christmas. Especially stuffing the stockings for kids and then stuffing the nanny. This Christmas, this Christmas, maybe next Christmas, next Christmas, next Christmas, maybe next Christmas we'll all try to be just a little less monstrous, less monstrous, less monstrous. Maybe next Christmas, not likely, not likely. Can we just skip it? Ah, this Christmas is terrible. First I was terminated from my job, and now I just missed getting the last action hero toy my kid wanted. Ah. Hey there, Arnold. Why are you so down? Well, cute child Macaulay Corkin from the early 90s. I totally recall my kid's gift, but it didn't get delivered, and now they are erased from the store inventory. Twins. <laughs> isn't about getting fancy gifts or taking fancy trips. It's about being with your family and Johnson & Sons brand tin popcorn. Johnson & Sons brand tin popcorn? Johnson & Sons brand tin popcorn. Here, try some of mine. That, that hit the spot. Nope. Now how do you feel about Christmas? I still don't have a job to support my family or buy the presents, but I feel ex excessively salty and uh, the not quite crispy popcorn has lifted my spirits. I need to get more. Wait for me here. I'll be back. <laughs> oh no! He's going to buy the last one! Ah! <laughs> Johnson and Sons brand tint popcorn. Three kinds of popcorn in a metal can, Expendables 3. <laughs> <laughs> I was waiting for a kindergarten cop reference on my own self. That's my preferred mode of entertainment. Oh, hello there! I'm still soliloquy, Sam, and you're still here, and, and so is Wet Bradley. <sighs> Wet Bradley, did you just extended sigh at me? Yeah. Any particular reason? I'm just a little tired. Me and Dot broke up. Already? Wow, I've heard of a whirlwind courtship. But damn, WB, that whole thing went start to finish faster than it takes for a pile of mattresses to burn up. <laughs> yep. So, uh, seeing as how you're in an emotionally vulnerable state, do you want to maybe, I don't know, like, talk about your feelings? Nope. Oh, thank you, baby Jesus. So, I want to talk about how the Grinch what stole Christmas. Well, that was a good segue into a non-copyrighted story, WB, but uh, okay, let's hear about the Grinch. The fact that he chose to give Christmas back to the Jews. 
That's Who's WB. Uh, they live in Whoville. No, that's that's only in the Latin country, Sam. It's a, it's a common mistake. He gave Christmas back instead of his original plan to sell it on the black market. Possibly to Iran. Oh, wait, Bradley, you're mixing up the Grinch and Oliver North again. What's more, you're completely missing the philosophical implications of the Grinchgate scandal. Christmas isn't a concept which can be stolen or sold to the highest bidder for nefarious deeds. So you're saying Christmas isn't something you find in a store? Indeed it is not. You're saying Christmas is maybe something much more? That's right, WB. Comes without boxes, bags, packages, ribbons, and tags. Well, nuts to that. I didn't risk my life in Shadowloo defending M. Bison for some frickin' abstract. Okay, well, you're at it again, WB. You're confusing your life with the live-action Street Fighter movie. What stars Raul Julia? Oh, well, I did stumble into a crib full of cocaine last night out in front of the church. Well, that, that can't be right. A crib full of cocaine in front of the church? Yeah, I must have hit real good and gotten the drug brains. There was a bunch of spooky statues wearing moo-moos and a baby in the crib. There was white powder everywhere. Also, everybody had lights inside them like that Bonnie Tyler video. Oh, wait, Bradley, we all got lights inside us like that Bonnie Tyler video. But I think what you're describing is the nativity scene. And perhaps it was decorated with fake snow on account of we live in some kind of bizarro land where it only snows in February and sometimes March. And we get stuck at our jobs or on the road, and we just hate every minute of it, and us sleeping outside, we're like, welcome to our life. But, <laughs> but there weren't no Indians in it. No, wait, Bradley, there's, there's no Native Americans in the nativity story. It's a story from the Bible book with the baby Jesus in it. Uh, the virgin has the baby. Also, there's a bunch of spices. You are not the father. Oh, no. Oh, no, no. WB, are you trapped in a Moray loop again? Are you playing Moray and the reluctant father guest person? That baby don't look nothing like me. Look at his nose. Look at his nose. Jerry, Jerry, Jerry. <laughs> well, folks, as, uh, as much as I hate to see the man spiral even further into madness, uh, this does provide us an uninterrupted beginning to our final story of the evening. So without any further ado-do, I present the tale of the baby birth. What soundtrack includes such hits as Papa Don't Preach by Madonna and All I Want to Do is Make Love to You by Heart. In midwinter, or maybe it was springtime, a very nervous Lydia Bravery, who apparently is not dead, waits for her husband Stanley Bravery in the drawing room of their palatial downtown turn-of-the-century highfalutin digital satellite TV having clean water everyday mansion. With a pencil, paper, and your imagination, any room can be a drawing room. True words were never spoken. <laughs> As if our lives weren't strange enough already. And now this. I'm not sure how I'm going to tell Stanley. <laughs> yes, I'm sure it's not his. Between the lack of sleep, his medications, and his adjusting back to normal, his, well, his exploratational companion hasn't been up to the task. <laughs> His Uncle Ed is in town. Showing up to a sword fight with a whip. We haven't had any archaeological finds in a long while. For the love of Pete, Stanley can't really participate in his marital duties. Yes, physically. That is why it will be difficult to explain to him. I'm home, Lydia, darling, and with news. He's home. I have to go. 
There you are. I'm back from the doctors. He says the Thursa staff of Dionysus will be... No, I'm pregnant. I'm sorry, dear. I know I promised to stop comparing our union of bliss to Greek mythology. Oh, no. For real. I saw Dr. Angel this morning, and he confirmed the, well, not bad news, just... News. Ooh, news! Like our discovery at the Angkorian temples of Rajai Vihara in Cambodia. Or, or when I was chosen to play a gladiator at the amphitheater of Pula in Croatia. Or, or when you, dear, when you found the Ocarina of Time. <laughs> it's not like any of those. Stanley, listen very closely. I am with child. But, but how? Ever since I was turned into a werewolf, stole a silver dagger from the museum, roamed the city for two days, briefly moved to a town of werewolves in Wisconsin, where we brutally murdered a miner's daughter, then returned to the woods outside of town and... and uh, brutally murdered me. Yes, I'm still very sorry about that. <laughs> I know, dear. Thankfully, Trevor was able to obtain Lord Dracnew's effervescent energy elixir in the nick of time, bringing you back to life. Yes, and that's the thing... According to Dr. Angel, one of the side effects of Lord Dracnew's effervescent energy elixir, which I'm sure neither you nor Trevor had time to thoroughly research, is autogenous impregnation. Autogenous impregnation! Drat that Lord Dracnew! His infernal products have brought us nothing but trouble! Aside from bringing me back to life after you killed me. Yep, aside from bringing you back to life after I killed you. (laughs) Trevor! What do we do? We have to tell him. But how will he react having a junior, junior exploitator around? We'll have to tell him at some point. Think of something while I get the door. Trevor! An owl. (laughs) With a letter addressed to Lydia. How odd. Trevor didn't take that all at all, did he? We must go after him. It wasn't Trevor. It was an owl carrying this letter, addressed to you. A letter-carrying owl? Well, it's a good thing Trevor wasn't here. He'd have thought he was going to Hogwarts, got overexcited, and had a blackout nosebleed episode right here in the foyer. Hmm. It's... it's from the United States Food and Drug Administration. The FDA? Whatever do they want? According to this letter, our unborn child. The who now? It says here that they're recalling unused containers of Lord Dracnew's effervescent energy elixir and any firstborn offspring it conceived. Can the government do that? Oh, thanks to Obamacare, they can. <laughs> we need to find a place to hide out until the next president comes in and sweeps away all this ridiculous socialized medicine nonsense. While I disagree with your particular views on the matter of universal medicine, I do like the idea of hiding. I'm going to go grab our bug-out bags. I'll pull around the turbo-diesel Volkswagen. Because any car company, what would knowingly mislead customers and program a car to cheat on government tests, is a ass. An ass is another name for donkey, what in keeping with the traditions of the Bible tales that it fits, it fits, um... Stanley Bravery and his by way of magic pregnant wife Lydia Bravery hit the road, driving their ass car out of whatever the name of the town is they live in, in search of a hiding place from the government who wanted to recall their as of yet unborn baby. 
Maybe use your turn signal next time. Based on my research, it appears our best hiding from the government will be in a tea party gerrymandering town of New Bethlehem. Their natural distrust of the government will play in our favor. Perfect. I'll pull over at the next rest area and consult my AAA map collection. Hmm. A location with Superloo would be preferred. Again? We just stopped ten minutes ago. Great Zeus's arrow, Lydia. Your tummy is growing by the minute. I am aware, Stanley. That is why I've dressed in the loosest of sweatpants. <laughs> My darling, you wear them more gracefully than anyone else ever could. After choosing one of the area's finer roadside fuel emporiums, Stanley and super-fast baby-growing Lydia were back on the road. While you were indisposed, I used Airbnb to find us suitable lodgings. Airbnb? Certainly New Bethlehem has a proper inn. They do. Hotels, motels, motor lodges, hostels, and RV parks as well. But they were all sold out. But not to worry, Lydia, darling. I found a manager's house on a small farm. A manager's house? Does it have a drawing room? It didn't say, but one would assume that any house a manager would live in would have one. That sign say New Bethlehem was to the right? According to the map, we still had five miles before we turned left. I, I think. There are so many extraneous markings, and our route crosses over two folds. Are you lost, Stanley? It's these infernal AAA maps. When we get back home, I'm canceling my membership. Just pull over, darling, and calm down. I'll call the Airbnb place for directions. Yes, hello. We put your manager house on Airbnb and need some guardians as to your location. Say again. Oh, yes, I see it now. You are right. It is quite bright. We'll see you soon. Okay, bye. Okay, goodbye. <laughs> Stanley, dear, look to your two. See that bright light in the sky? That's where we're heading. Did the proprietor send up some sort of flare or weather balloon? No, the place just happens to be located at the base of a radio tower. Guided by the bright light hovering in the sky, Stanley and Lydia made their way to the manager's house they were staying at, since there weren't no room for them at any of the inns in New Bethlehem. You're welcome! <laughs> I'm pleased to be greeting Mr. Stanley and Mrs. Lydia. Yes, we reserved your manager's house on Airbnb. Ah, you're welcome! Manger is end of drive on left. You can park ass car in back. <laughs> Excuse me, uh, did you say manger? Yes, just like an ad. Open, Open beam, beam architecture, architecture rustic, rustic setting, 200 degree view of nature. Manger! Oh, a manger. A manger. Resigned to the fate of squeezing out their young exploitator in a manger surrounded by all kinds of gross straw and probably wet stuff everywhere, I don't know. The law-evading couple settled in. This is all due to the confounded small screen of my so-called smartphone. How smart can it be with such an ill-apportioned interface? If you get to have a baby, I get to have an iPhone Plus. Your logic is as ill-conceived as this child that is now forcing its way out of my body. Oh, our little baby's first adventure. Here we go. Ah! For those of you whose parents never explain the story of the birds and the bees, here's how this works. You see, birds, which is explain things to little kids talk for lady folk, scream and grab at people and make all kinds of demands. 
This is all on account of how big an egg is and how tough it is to make an egg come out your body. Bees, who's the men folk, just kind of hover around, not knowing what to do. They got fuzz on their butts. They drag their feet through the pollen, and they just generally absorb all the blame in the room. Also, <laughs> so after an animal-filled 63-hour ordeal, the immaculately accepted adventurizer baby was born. Oh, darling. He's beautiful. A third musketeer. Truly a miracle. Did you hear something, Lydia, outside in the cold distance? A cat, or maybe a bobcat, growling. Two riders are approaching. Wait, no, three riders, and a very energetic young person. Uh, hello, my fellow travelers. If you've come to stay at the manager's house, the Airbnb ad is a bit misleading. We are here to welcome the newborn miracle baby. In disguise as crew members of the Sea Shepherd. Since we are criminals from out west on the run from the law. <gasps> We're on the run too. <laughs> Mr. and Mrs. Bravery, I found you. Trevor! Hey, yep. I was finishing off my second bag of Halloween candy since my hiding spot was found out and I had to get rid of it, so I was gonna go to your place and get the folding shuttle to bury the evidence. And Cartwright didn't know where you guys were because he'd just come down from the attic and you were gone. So we checked the phone history and we ended up talking to some doctor who said you were pregnant, but then the government wanted your baby and Cartwright said he knew you would run. So I was heading back to my house to get my bug out bag where I ended these two giveables and disguise on motorcycles and they were gonna see a rogue baby and I was like, who do I know who has a rogue baby? And I was like, duh, Trevor, Mr. and Mrs. Bravery have a rogue baby. Remember a minute ago when that doctor told you the Cartwright and the baby were being recalled, so I tagged along. All right, Trevor. You can tell us the rest later when your sugar high has worn off. Why are you carrying a drum, Trevor? I'm gonna bang out a song for the new baby! <laughs> <laughs> that is the worst thing anyone could ever do for a newborn baby. So, who are you fellows? Rustopher Dirtatius is my name. Cattle rustling is my game. Name's Velveteen Jefferson Esquire. If you're looking for a place to hide out, I can sell you some wonderful ranch property out west. And I am René Rontebius Magrini. I obtain property by outwitting and then overpowering the owners. And uh, how did you know to find us here? Well, I was listening to the song Angel, and I had a vision. Do you mean Angel by Sarah McLaughlin? No. Oh, the one by Shaggy. Oh, no. Or that Mardonna lady? Aretha Franklin. Amanda Perez. Oh, Jimi Hendrix. I like that John Chicago one. Akon, Depeche Mode, Sarah Brightman, Jack Johnson, Gordon No, 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 not any of those. It was the one by Aerosmith. Just like at our wedding. Over here. They're over here. What child is this? It's us, Mr. Bravery. <laughs> the Girl Investigation Cadre. In keeping with our pattern of altering the source material ever so slightly, the part of the three wise men will be portrayed by young, wise women. Well done, Ronette, Audrey, and Laura. You've cracked the case of the government-wanted, autogenously conceived, born in the spring that everyone will celebrate in December, baby. Case? I didn't know we were on a case. We weren't, Laura. This wasn't a case, Mr. Bravery. We just saw Trevor's pictures on Instagram and decided to bring breakfast. I brought golden grams. <laughs> and I brought Frankenberry. 
And I brought Smurf magic berries. Whatever, it's close enough. Maybe we should sing a song to put baby and mother to sleep. Now the company, on my drum. No, no drum. drum. Away in a manger found on Airbnb. The bravery's newborn explorer, baby. The ad was misleading, there was no damn fridge. All caused by Lord Dracnu, who lives under a bridge. The cattle are lowing, what does that word mean? I bet that Cartwright knows, but he's not in this scene. Soliloquy Sam and Wed Bradley Hobos by a fire they told this story Why are you crying, Sam? Did I forget to scrape out those diapers before I put them in the fire again? No, Wet Bradley, it's not the diaper fire. This little bundle of joy will come tumbling into the world. I don't understand. It's a baby born in a barn or stable or whatever. Ain't like his story's gonna make people freak out about a plain red cup or nothing. I told you I was born in a barn. You'd cry for me. First of all, you weren't born in a barn. You were born in a Barnes and Noble. Secondly, you was not a miracle baby. One whose birth would change the course of human history for better or for a lot of times the worse. But it's the end year or beginning of the retail fiscal year, holiday season. Shouldn't everyone get to feel at least a little special? I believe you're right, Whip Bradley. You're very, very special to me. <laughs> Thank you. Cardinal bad guys, the shepherds they play. The timeline is broken, the fanboys dismayed. Our Trevor was tiny and also a sweet. We hope to get him drunk in 2016. Our hopes are sleepy, the ending is near. Remember to kindly when you get a beer. Please like us on Facebook or send out a tweet. That's all from the Denny's on PR.